starve a cold, feed a fever. The fever is hungry. The fever requires a sacrifice. Welcome to Original Podcast Do Not Steal. This episode's gonna be stupid, huh? Just a lot of me going, what? What did you talk? <laughs> Probably. Oh my god, it's okay. I'm so sorry for you, though, because first off. Oh, because uh, this show has never been stupid before. It's normally a very sophisticated podcast where nothing stupid ever happens. No, I was more going, like, Devin, you've never listened to Night Vale, you poor creature. Because, holy shit. Not a <laughs> single episode of Night Vale has blessed my ear holes. <laughs> I don't like that you called them ear holes. Well, before we talk about Night Vale and what Night Vale is. Um, I'd like to start by introducing the podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Amber Autumn. She, her. Prince Devin, he, him, recording in a different location. So if my audio is a little wonky for these next two episodes, that's why. And returning guest, Reggie. He, him. Friend of the show. Hello, Reggie. If my audio is a little wonky... If my audio is a little wonky, I want to say it's because I'm running a hundred degree plus fever today, and I'm lightly delirious. So um, I think that's probably sort of appropriate for the Night Vale episode, really, um, that I am just like slightly detached from reality for the whole process of recording this. So get ready for that. That'll be exciting. I feel like God oh has been God. trying to strike us down from recording today. <laughs> <laughs> it really didn't want to happen. We were having a lot of technical issues before we went live. Yeah. Yeah. But we're making it happen for our loyal fans. The Halo episode just dropped. <laughs> making making an episode for me to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Which was great, by the way. I didn't know anything about Halo, and I was like, oh, I get it now. So. <laughs> yeah, so the Halo episode just dropped today at time of recording, so there's nothing this podcast is not familiar with, if not spitting directly into the face of God. Original <laughs> <laughs> like, Podcast Do Not Steal is a weekly show in which every week Devin and I and sometimes a special guest star um, take your favorite and or least favorite intellectual properties or franchises and we make an original character in that franchise after smelling our own farts talking about it for like 40 minutes. Um, and today we are going to be talking about Welcome to Night Vale, um, which is a show that Devin doesn't know anything about, but Reggie and I both know a good deal about. Um, and I kind of want to... I know that once Reggie starts talking, um, he's never going to stop talking um, because of who he is as a person. So if you don't mind, I'm going to start with the introduction. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to start by describing what what Night Vale is. Please. Before you take over, if that's I, okay. No, I know I know myself, and I'm self-aware enough to go. Yeah, absolutely, Ember, take it away. But before we get into any of that stupid stuff for big smelly nerds, we have a segment that I forgot to run past Amber because I too am a little out of it today. But Amber, for season two, <laughs> we have a little thing for guests to do when they return because to wrap up seasons, we rank our OCs and we can't have the guests are on and they're responsible for those brain babies. So have I made a stinger for this segment? I haven't, because I just realized I probably should have made one. Maybe I'll make it in post, but I have no ideas. But anyways, Reggie, you made some OCs with us. You made Vigo, you made Amir, you made Dr. Fear, you made Lispy Lestat. Do you have any strong feelings on their listing? Any any clapback at us? Do you think we're dumb and stupid and wrong? I did not have clapback. Um, I am just impressed that... Um, any of them got A tier, and I was like, oh, 
Wow. Because I definitely, <laughs> the part of this podcast that I love is where I get to talk to my friends about things I like, and then they get to tell me about things that they like, and yeah. then at the end, I kind of struggle through the OC bit going, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so the fact that I had <laughs> even a single A tier, I was like, oh my god, I did it. <laughs> it was like, it's like a math class, and you like finally pass a test, or this is very unrelatable for probably half the listeners, uh, but as someone who got literally three Fs in algebra over and over again, like, I was like, yes, I did it. I did the impossible fucking thing. So I have no notes except for thank God. <laughs> I really wanted to be like, Reggie, you know this podcast is not being graded, right? Like, there's no, you're not being graded. But we did make a tier list. So you I made guess, a tier list and you graded me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it was fine, because I was like, you know what? Can't win them all. <laughs> win is Can't win. win them all. <laughs> I'm taking my A and I'm going home. Walking home with, like, the fist in the air, like, what's his face at the end of Breakfast Club? Like, yeah. Yeah, I did, <laughs> yeah, like, I did something today. <laughs> and that's been the clapback. Maybe I'll make a stinger for it. Now, Amber, you can talk about Welcome to Night Vale. Great. <laughs> Great. Wonderful. So Welcome to Night Vale is a, a long-running fiction podcast. It started about 10 years ago, a little more than 10 years, um, and is still running to this day. It had its heyday of popularity pretty close to the beginning of it. It was like one of the first big podcasts, fiction podcasts, to like really take off and capture a lot of public imagination. Um uh, and became really big around, you know, the Tumblr spheres, you know, the Tumblr spheres. Um, big on Tumblr, welcome to Night Vale. And the basic conceit is it's a weekly show, just like us, except their episodes are much shorter because they put more work into them. Um, so they're like uh, 20, 30 minute episodes um, where uh, it's a, the, the conceit is that it's a, a, a radio broadcast show um, by uh, a, a radio announcer named Cecil. Um, who uh, describes the local news happening in the small desert town of Nightvale, um, which is just like any other small desert town, except that weird and impossible, impossible things happen um, regularly every day that often get like offhandedly mentioned in the show in a way that um, allows for a, a great deal of implicature. I'll say they'll, you know. Um, uh, they'll say something like, as we all know, uh, St. Patrick's Day is a dangerous holiday that happens only once every hundred years. And, you know, yeah, okay, we all know that in this town. Um, and when that happens, some dangerous conceit relevant to the episode occurs, right? Um, and it taps into a lot of horror tropes and a lot of cosmic horror, right? There's a lot of um, vague yet menacing government, government agencies. There's a lot of, um, uh, you know... A sense of the agency, a sense of cosmic horrors hiding around every corner, um, but it's never actually a horror. Like the tone that they're going for is never horror. Um, like I almost think taking us back to the vein of Gravity Falls, right? They're they're tapping back into the the iconography of horror of monsters and ghouls, but it's a comedy at its heart. Um, there are a few serialized bits. There there are ongoing story arcs that happen in the show. Um, the there was like one where they had a big time war where they had to. 
had to go through and it let them like talk about war and stuff there was one long arc that's just like cecil getting a boyfriend and basically nothing else happens um and i kind of think that the serialized bits are the worst parts of the show um is really really good at the moment to moment storytelling but it doesn't actually know how to set up a long-term dramatic conflict at all <laughs> Ooh, um okay uh, but spicy that's a hot take of me oh yeah. yes i know that's very a, spicy, that's a spicy one. <laughs> yeah i i know i'm gonna get some 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 flack for that one from Reggie specifically, but that's more or less what Welcome to Night Vale is. Do you want to take it? The only clapback is like, they, how, how far caught up are you? If at all. I mean, I, at this point, I haven't, like, I haven't watched or listened to every episode in the series. Um, You sort of don't need to listen to them in exact linear order and they say as much on their like official website they go like listen the show is not made so that you need to have listened to every episode in order to listen to a given other episode we have some like vague story arcs but most of the episodes pretty much work as standalones on their own um and so i have listened to a large chunk of it including some of the most recent ones but i haven't like listened to every consecutive episode up through the present okay I just, I just need to, I'm like, okay, what am I working with here? Because uh, <laughs> I have not only listened to every episode ever, I've listened to some twice, plus I own, like, some of the off books, plus I've been to two or three right. of the live shows. So, like... It, we went to, we went to one together. We did, back in, like, well, let's not age ourselves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um and so, like, there's actually... It's fine. You're allowed to be old. It's okay. That's We're not old. We're in our 20s. Calm down. <sighs> tell that to my fucking joints. But, um, um, <laughs> it's fine. Um, but no, there's definitely, like, extended universe stuff. Plus, they have... The problem is I haven't listened to the Discord content. So there's, like, extended lore, which is, like, I'm like, shit. Jesus. So I did eventually lose, like, I lost uh, that bit, but I still have most of it down. But honestly, what they've been doing recently is making fun of themselves a lot. And I think it might have been, this might have been like two years ago, but you know, two years ago out of 10, they went back to give like the cat a backstory. And that was a whole arc. Sure. So they're pretty, whatever. they're, They're pretty good at doing the continuity. It's just by the time they do it, sometimes you're like, oh shit, I forgot a about the farmer and then you're like and then there's john peters yeah exactly the the farmer yes you know the farmer yeah Yeah. you know the farmer and then you find out all of a sudden like in like one of the latest episodes that like janet varney's character who's uh what is it like dr lubell has explained away his invisible corn and you're like i fucking forgot about john peters like, you know, the farmer. Yeah, you know, the farmer. And then she, and then it's Janet Varney. Okay, I love Janet Varney so much. So having her be the main villain of this recent season has been destroying me. And it's like, I, I'm like, Janet, no. Janet, stop it. The fact that she's so good at it is like, obviously like, oh, she's a great actress, like voice actress. But it's like, fuck, stop it. You just want to like spray with a spray bottle. But like the things that she's going through and... Essentially, most of the stuff that she de-explains is all season one stuff. So it's been an interesting, like, oh, we're 11 years in, and now you are, like, unexplaining slash explaining the glow cloud all of a sudden. And you're like, 
oh, they killed off their one of their first characters for the for the bit. Ouch. But I mean, it's not just for the bit, right? That's clearly like the glow cloud is uh, one of the iconic like first moments of Night Vale is you're introduced to this cloud and it's glowing and everybody says all hail the glow cloud. And that was like a thing that people were quoting for a long time. And so to make this new character like a menace to make them to make you take them seriously, they're attacking a thing the audience cares about by um, using science and logic um, to explain the glow cloud and make it no longer magical. And and that's the like the thing that makes her evil, right? And that's the thing that makes you take her seriously. It does. Luckily, she does have the the glow cloud has a child, so you still get to keep your glow cloud, but it's just not the glow cloud. So I was glad they did that. I'm like, thank you. I only have so many emotional, like, things left. Please don't take this from me. Um, <laughs> but in general, what I like about Night Vale is that if you are listening to it as it's happening, you can usually point to the news story that they're making fun of. Um, I didn't realize that early on because, like, I was, like, 16 when it started. So I was just not down with what was happening enough to realize that, oh, like, this is a direct link to this thing, and oh, this is the making fun of this. But, like, now, as I'm listening in adulthood, I'm like, oh, they're specifically making fun of people who are trying to use, like, science to disprove trans people, but they're doing it in this way. And you're like, I'm like, oh, ouch, it hurts, but also funny. Uh, So that's appreciated, at least. Or at least I think so, but... (laughs) Like, actually realizing wanna, like, the one-to-one, at least. I want to throw in a little bit of podcasting deep lore here into this episode, um, which is that, uh, Reggie, you and I, back in 2013, 2014, maybe? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, we made a fan episode of Welcome to Night Vale, wrote the whole script, recorded it, edited the thing together, and I burned it to an audio CD, um which was a thing that was still, you know, an object that you could own in 2014. Um, and I still have it. I have that disc. And like a month ago, um, I pulled it out uh, just like out of curiosity, I guess. Um, and I tried to play, you know, it wouldn't play on the PlayStation because uh, nobody recognizes like o- old shitty audio CDs anymore. It wouldn't play in my disc drive because I have a shitty disc drive in my computer. We did eventually make it work in my roommate's car's CD player. <laughs> I listened to the whole episode, um, and and here's my hot take: it's all right. It was not bad. It's okay. Uh, it was not too bad. A fun little uh, a fun little trinket that I have: I had the original USB drive, and therefore I have it on my like actual you have Google it too. drive. I've had it this whole so you time. Can actually, can you send me actually the the file for that so that I can listen to it when not on? The shitty CD. If I can find it, yes. But it is one of those things, like, that's what's so good about it, is, like, it is such a, like, I need, th- I need, like, a Monster of the Week thing, just, c- you know, because, you know, the tism. And, like, it is such, like, they're so good at doing Monster of the Week without it getting boring, which I appreciate. Like, I know that it's going to be, like, Cecil Gershwin Palmer going off on a rant about absolutely goddamn nothing about himself while, like, absolutely ignoring that, oh, yeah, something, like, is on fire downtown, but also, let me tell you about my date with my husband. And you're like, oh, sure, man. <laughs> and then, you know, you get the traffic, you get the weather, and then you get the, oh, here was the problem, and here's how we fixed it. 
goodbye. And you're like, okay. And it's just like a cute little 20 minute treat. So like, it's just good writing. God damn it. Just, just gonna compliment Jeffrey Craner. <laughs> I, um, I, I just want to point to, I think the best joke from our episode that still holds up. Um, because I think it maybe actually illustrates some of the sensibilities of Night Vale. Um, which is, uh, we were doing a story where a mechanic came in to fix the, uh, soda machine that was behind the, um, uh, like Rico's pizza parlor slash bowling alley or whatever, because mm -hmm. that soda machine had long only ever dispensed, not soda, but some kind of a mysterious mottled liquid, which tastes mostly of, uh, of viscous hair and flesh. Um, and, uh, <laughs> residents really wanted it fixed because... Uh, eating constantly nothing but viscous hair and flesh, quote, gets pretty old after a while. <laughs> um, and that's kind of the tone. It is so the tone of Night Vale. Oh my god. <laughs> like, it's, I appreciate that it's tongue-in-cheek. Like, it, it's still, you can still get the emotional deepness and, like, every now and then cry at an episode while also, like, there's so much levity that you're like, oh, I know this is going to be okay, even though it's literally an entire arc about the police state it's fine everything's fine because they're also like you know you have like the librarians being weird in the background and so it's like okay i can process what they're trying to do with like the political tone while also not having my entire heart ripped out except if i had my heart ripped out i guess that would be thematically appropriate for night Vale. so you know I don't know. I kind of wish they had done more with Tamika. Yeah, Tamika's wonderful. Shout out to the librarians as horrifying Eldritch Monsters rep, though. I appreciate being recognized in that way. And, like, you know how long it took me to figure out that they had made it like that because they were making fun of, like, book bannings and stuff that were happening, like, when the original... I mean, I wish it, it, it is still happening now, but like back in 20, whatever, they were like, oh, what if we just made it a joke that the librarians were these awful people? And you're like, oh. I also genuinely never made that connection until right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. This was back um, when we were in high school. I can't remember what book was. I think it might have been like The Hate You Give or something was just coming out. And that was like the book to be banned for the week or whatever. And they're like, what if yeah. we made it funny? And instead, there are these, the whole entire point is that the librarians eat the people who come in. And it's like, yeah, okay. Sure. Thanks. <laughs> and like the dog park that isn't a dog park is like them making fun of cities being inept at planning. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. There are currently bike lanes that are like completely covered in construction. And I'm like, yeah, sure. That's great. Awesome. So no bikes? Good, 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 good. Or at least, you know. I don't know how to explain it beyond the fact that it is somebody who has a horror background who wants to make current politics funny, but also through the lens of a queer man who cannot be bothered to ac accurately report the news. Because <laughs> God bless Cecil, <laughs> but he's not good at this. <laughs> I kind of think that Cecil is a really interesting character. He is. I love like, him. With all the things that you've just said in mind. Because, well, he's, like, sort of not good, right? Like, he, he's like, so much of the of satire that you've just described is describing this world in which everything is, like, as the conservative sphere, like, times a hundred, right? Is that it's, you know, the librarians are, in fact, evil monsters who are killing things. Um, and that's, like, the joke. 
And Cecil is like a part of that world. We know that he like says and does evil things, like objectively very evil things all the time, because that's just kind of like the world that he lives in and the tone of the show. Um, uh, but like you, you're really asked to love him anyway, just because you develop such a connection with him over the, like, it's a parasocial relationship, but when we're there, like writing it, you know, <laughs> they're writing it specifically to invoke that. And they're damn good at it because that's, they're my, good at it. That's my daddy. And how dare you say anything about him? Everything he's done <laughs> is correct. Actually. <laughs> Absolutely not true. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's the problem. They've written him to the point where I'm just like, Yeah okay, whatever he said, that's fine. <laughs> but then, like, you think about it for three more seconds, and I'm like, that resulted in a death. That person died. <laughs> a lot of deaths, yeah. <laughs> Every intern... Honestly, the fact that the interns die, like, such gruesome deaths, like, as someone who has worked unpaid, I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I get what this is making fun of. They literally are working yeah. these people into the ground. Oh, great. <laughs> crying but laughing <laughs> so uh, that's a that's a few thousand words about welcome to night vale um devin do you have any questions so far so i've taken it that cecil is like the narrator and the yeah. news broadcaster he's the one who gives you the information yeah. there are other characters do they have voices like how do how do other characters yes. show up mm, some of them so like steve carlsberg shows up with a voice carlos has a voice so like his husband and his like uh brother-in-law but they're like sometimes in one-off episodes uh the girl who played matilda is the faceless old woman who lives in your home oh god somebody anyone with the name on that would Mara be Wilson, thank for. god i was like somebody uh-huh. <laughs> like so like a recent episode had specifically like mara wilson in the background and you're like oh hey girl and then like i was just saying like janet varney is like a big bad and she was taking quote-unquote taking over the station to broadcast and so like there are other voice actors but it is all it's essentially cecil's reality slash unreality such as he sees fit that week they'll find narrative reasons to bring somebody physically into the recording booth is the way it works when somebody else speaks it'll be carlos is visiting cecil or like the management is coming in to talk with Cecil and Cecil like in the middle of having a conversation with whoever he's having a conversation with will also be describing the conversation and the motions of the person to the audience in a way that would be very very silly if it happens in real life but like you understand that it it needs to happen that way for the sake of the podcast for it to be like understandable like the when he's doing the renegotiations and is okay my lawyer is pointing at the piece of paper okay she's shaking her head no like like that's very much the tone of like how like oh yes there's definitely somebody else narratively in this booth right now uh which i love so in answer to your question um yes you can cast someone we can cast someone in this role yes oh, we can I wasn't cast even asking people for casting i mean that's cool and all but i don't think amber knows very many voice actors because i just want to be like scott mcneil baby uh I was more so just trying to picture in my brain, like, would a character just be someone who exists as lore or someone who gets to directly interact with Scott? Cecil, do we want to go through and just, like, describe a couple of characters who already exist so that he can get a sense of the tone? Sure, yeah. Get a sense of who there is? So, I would say, like, the most talkative secondary character is probably Carlos, and that's Cecil's husband, 
and his whole thing is science. So obviously he lives in this abjectly absurd town where nothing makes any fucking sense. And his he's like the outsider character, even though that he's been there for even though he's been there for nine to eleven years. Um Unless you count the time. So the point is they say, like, they say he's a scientist all the time, but, like, what exactly it means that he's a scientist is never clear. It's kind of just, like, a vague, oh, he does science with, you know, foaming beakers and clipboards and stuff. Science, you know, science. Yeah, very, very vague. I think it's specifically so that he can explain away things, but also, like, the way he explains it is equally absurd half the time, which is good. Good, good humor. For a while there, I would say Dana Cardinal was one of the heavy hitters, but she's kind of like, they. I think they wrote Jessica off so that Jessica could do more. She was doing Alice Isn't Dead. And so I think they wrote her off of Night Vale specifically so she could go over there, but neither here nor there. Um, but she was like an intern turned mayor. So somebody that had worked for the radio station and didn't die, which is in and of itself a miracle. Because that's, like, what happens to the interns is gruesome, awful death. Often, as soon as they're introduced, which is always a good one. Oh, wait, Kareem still exists. But they haven't finished that plot line. So he could still die. So Dana's whole thing is, she's like, yeah, like, I believe in, like, the power of, like, community action and, like, peaceful protest and that kind of thing. And then her foil was Tamika Flynn, who is a teenager who creates, like, a militia against the police. And... I think Tamika was right. Um, but they end up having, they kind of have them both win, which I thought was kind of a cop-out narratively, but it's fine. But, like, Tamika would come on to be like, hey, this is, like, actively say, like, this is wrong, and we shouldn't let the share secret police do X, Y, Z. Like, kind of tearing down, like, Cecil's whole, well, yeah, the share secret police can do just whatever. You know, I'm trying to think of like who else is like a heavy hitter and isn't just like in the background. Mm. So Cecil is the warm bow of Night Vale. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine if like people didn't dislike warm bow is the thing. Like imagine if warm bow was likable, you know? (laughs) Can our OC be warm bow? Can it just be warm bow? No, fucking hell. Jesus. So, okay. Let me let me bridge the gap of of these two things so that Reggie understands what we're talking about with Warmbo and Devin understands what would need to happen to make Warmbo a Night Vale character. So Warmbo is a character from uh, some more news <laughs> um, who is a puppet who his whole thing is that he's sort of like a talking point for like milk toasts middle of the road liberalism and every time that something happens where like there's an injustice in the world, Warmbo is always right up to the plate to be like, um, uh, don't worry, I'm sure that the nice Dems will do something about it, and not like that mean Trump who we hate or whatever, right? Like, um, <laughs> and then and then the other characters get to explain like, no, Warmbo, that's fucking stupid. You're fucking stupid. Um, oh, but Warmbo shit. has like godlike powers and always ends up winning anyway. Is basically the the gist, which I think. Sort of is, like, actually not a bad place to begin for a Night Vale character. It isn't. It isn't at all. Or you just have to make well, someone Amber, who is... have you considered gen- that the secret police are actually on our side? Why else would they take so much of Wombo's tax dollars? <laughs> oh, no. It's kind of not wrong. Because Cecil's there to be the neutral party in the middle most of the time. Unless 
you know, honestly, Cecil isn't always the best guy. You're right, Amber. Because I'm just thinking about the time he's like, he's like, one second, I have <laughs> yeah. to go shout. I, I have to go shout interlopers at the new people in town, and you're like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's funny, like because you imagine somebody going interloper, interloper at, at somebody, and that's objectively funny. But then I guess if I think about it for three more seconds, I'm like, ooh. Oh, this is a comment about immigration. He's not a good guy. He's not a good guy at all. He's a blorbo, but like very much a Kim Kitsuragi thing. Like, like you love him, but you also have to understand that he's, he's not good. He's wrong. And the real world analogs that he stands for are horrible injustices. And like, I think fully appreciating the text requires you to be able to laugh with him while also understanding that that other layer you know thinking about recent episodes uh so one of my favorite thing is the meme about the uh the sub because i'm an absolute also piece of shit and i just realized there's an entire episode where they lock them into a fun palace and like seven people die and i'm just like oh my god if you'd release this two weeks later the memes gorgeous um sorry unrelated but no <laughs> just like i think the other part that we're missing is like there's so many people in the town but the town itself, like, you know, like, the road is its own character. Um, not really, but, like, there's so many, like, spots in town that are mentioned so often. Like, you were saying, like, Rico's Pizza and, like, the Sandways. And, like, oh, everything's happening in front of the obelisk. So I think you could easily create either an OC or, like, a new place in town and both would work. Or find a place for an OC to be be in as well so here's my pitch here's my pitch we have um a new character who is maybe like i don't know a a a a, a graduate student of the at the university of what it is or maybe like like a like a new character who's brought into town or i don't know somebody who's already been there we find some reason for this character to be here and they we like they're they're the first layer of their joke is they're like like a student activist protesting everything figure um but then the second layer of the joke is that all of their protests are trying to like um uh support the status quo and the vague menacing government agencies and saying things like why would they be bad guys if they take so much of our tax money that yes because i mean if you've made it all the way through grad degree at this the university of what it is you're already licking a lot of boot so i feel like by that point yeah that's what you would end up as i don't like the university i'm still viscerally mad which just tells you how good the writing is like it's been weeks since that arc has been over i'm still pissed and like i kind of <laughs> like when i when i hear janet varney on my fucking like improv podcast i get mad for a second and i'm like oh, wait nope that's just janet varney she is a person <laughs> Which also, kudos to her, because, like, girl, you're very hateable as Dr. Lubell. Like, abjectly hateable. I, I'm so glad that Kashik was so already explained. Oh, sorry. So you have this character who's, who's, who's protesting everything, who's, like, staging a bunch of protests, probably, but, like, only in favor of the bad shit. And they're a graduate student of the university. It feels like... I want to know at this point, are they a, like, single episode antagonist? Or is this, like, a character who... Is this, like, a recurring character who we see across the course of an arc? I, it feels like an arc character to me. I would agree because that makes it easier to, like, set up, like, tee up things for them to have going on in the background over time. Like, I'm, like, pro, like, keep build... What? Oh, God, what is the name of the, uh, 
they're trying to build a dock or like a, a beachfront in the desert. I can't remember the name of it right now. Oh my God. But like, they've been trying to build it for 10 years and obviously they're like, it's like this seaside fun resort or whatever the fuck it's called. I'm so sorry, everyone. But like them protesting to have like more money go towards it so it can be completed or something like, like little things like that, just to remind you of, oh shit, that is a thing. Like, yeah, they always are building a pier into the desert. Yeah. I forgot about that. Or like the, um, don't they have like a chanting circle behind one of the restaurants as well? Just like being they like, have like yeah. yeah, like a place where people mingle or whatever. Yeah. Like we need to, we they need to, about. we, we need to fund the hole that they chant at behind whatever restaurant. I feel like I'm stupid. I cannot remember any of the names of anything right <laughs> You're now. You're not stupid. But I just like, <laughs> but just like them going like, yeah, more funding to projects that actively do nothing. Like, <laughs> because is that, isn't that just what we do all the time? Like, oh, we just need to raise more money for the police to study why they're so bad at their jobs. More funding for the inadequate system. Yeah. If we, if we funded <laughs> programs that actually did anything, then... Isn't that like saying that Night Vale isn't the best it can be? Don't we all think Night Vale is the best it can be? More funding for programs that don't do anything. Yes, exactly. Like, ugh. that is like, that would be very peak. Ugh. And then that lets us, yeah, I like, I like the idea that we like pull out a bunch of old, like ongoing beats and have our character get involved in those because they've like just grown into this age where they've decided to state to take a civic interest in things. I'm just thinking of all of the fucked up shit that they could protest for and I'm just like I can't. Like like do we want them to be pro smiling god or anti smiling god? You know like uh is Strex still around? Strex is not around but every now and then you can still hear like the the other city stuff pops up every now and then. Fuck Strex Court. They hurt the cat, goddammit. <laughs> Besides the fact that they were supposed to be evangelical Christians turned up to like 2000, they hurt the cat. And that was what got me. I was like, how dare you, bitch? I'm still on the cat. Kashik is the best, even when it's actually Silas and it's fine. But also, how, like, if we're doing a grad student, what would we like to name our grad student? I'm trying to stay focused. Joshua Everyman. <laughs> we can't name him Everyman, but we can stick with Joshua. I yeah, feel most like most people don't get well, last names. Here's the thing: but... to steal a line from Amber, we did a good job with what's his name because I generally don't care about Disco Elysium, and I generally don't care about this character. I feel like you guys are doing a great job with this Nightville character because I don't know what the fuck is happening, and. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my understanding of Night Vale. So from my not understanding <laughs> Night Vale, I feel like having the last name be Everyman makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't hate it. If his name is Josh and he's a prototypical middling lib, we should name make his last name Lyman. That's a West Wing joke for everybody. That's a but that's a West Wing joke for all you West Wing heads at home. <laughs> When's the West Wing episode coming out, eh? None of their names are jokes. Like, they all have names, like yeah. Cecil Gershwin Palmer or Tamika Flynn or... <laughs> Gershwin. Or like John Peters. <laughs> you know, the farmer. You know, the farmer. <laughs> no, it's my brain. 
fucking auto-corrected, like, she, she Gershon on my Night Veil till I something, but I didn't, I didn't have a punchline, I just, but I, I'm sorry. What was Dana's last name? Cardinal, like the bird. Okay. Or the direction. Here's my, here's my thought, is that it feels like our character is, in many ways, um, uh, sort of a, a an extreme version of Dana, uh, certainly in some way thematically in conversation with Dana. And so to, to strengthen that bond, my thought is what if our character is Joshua Cardinal? Well, you could honestly, and he's it like is a small her desert town. younger brother or... I would just say, I was like, I'm like, make it a relation. Because you had to think, yeah. Steve Carlsberg got to grow into not the villain over time as you realize oh it's literally just his brother-in-law and he's literally just bitching about his brother-in-law and there's literally nothing actually wrong with this dude like Mm -hmm. yeah and i think you're right because now that dana is essentially gone from the podcast you need someone to fill that but if we're simply just civil-minded people and we go out and vote, everything is going to be fine, and the city council that isn't Eldritch Horror is simply going to listen to us. So, yeah. So, Joshua Cardinal, do we feel good about being Dana's, Oh, absolutely. Like, younger brother? Younger brother, cousin, shove him in there. I love that. Because Wait, it makes younger so brother much... or cousin? I do want to have an answer. Oh, my God. Okay, well, let's go younger brother, because it makes sense that he would just now be graduating based off of how okay. old Dana is. Okay, perfect. Especially if it's, like, grad school, because, whew. God, we're old. <laughs> I actually feel like that connection goes a long way towards making this character more of a character for me. Oh, absolutely. Because, like I said, they don't have that character right now. Right now, it's like, there isn't somebody filling that role. Tamika's still there, but not really. So you don't have somebody on, like, Tamika was right. So we could, like, full stop. But it's nice to be able to hear both, like, a parody of both versions of i don't know engaging with politics so yes i'm essentially saying dear goodness like dear god amber autumn you are a genius because that connection makes Thanks so I've much had sense a lot of practice right at this podcast <laughs> yes you have happy season two i don't know if i'm supposed to send like a bottle of wine uh- <laughs> yeah you're supposed to send a bottle of wine <laughs> i kind of I'm feel silly because i'm really upset i haven't gotten <laughs> it already from you Here's my thing. You live in California, and I live in upstate New York, so do you want me to send you, like, New York wine or California wine? Because those are two versions of both equally good wine, right? I don't even actually, like, I'm... drink. Like, I can drink I can drink Black Cherry Mike's Hard Lemonade, and that's the only thing I can drink that I can get down in my palate, my shitty 12-year-old palate. I literally have been sober, except for the Queen's Death, um, for, like, four years. <laughs> so I <I'm... laughs> So I literally have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. But also, Devin, thanks for the shout out on the Scream episode, because you literally called out the one episode of me drinking in like four years. And it was exactly what you said. Just absolutely getting blasted for the Queen's death. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I got fucking dark when the Queen died, bro. (laughs) I cannot believe how much I was sexting you that day. Um. Sorry, Amber, I'm getting off topic. Please help. To get us That's back okay. on topic, speaking of a bottle yes, of please. wine, we have our list of Chekhov's random oh bullshit. Oh my god, you're so I have, right. I've given so little this episode, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw you guys a wrench and just see what happens. Uh, I'm picking please. a book of pornography. Do with that what you will. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> 
You can make that work for sure. When you listed that as one of the items, I was like, oh, they're going to work that in so easy, lol. I never pictured I was going to be the one having to do the work. God damn it. Okay. But here's the thing. Everything in Night Vale is not what it's supposed to be. So, like, of the list of, like, banned things, I think, one, books are one of them. So, like, I I think a book in and of <laughs> itself is pornography for them. Like, it is banned already. Like, plus, aren't, like, writing utensils banned still? Like, I don't remember them lifting that. So, like, they're not allowed to write and they're not allowed to have books. So, I think it is the perfect object, Devin. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think it actually makes it really interesting then if this character has and waves around a book of pornography. Like, this is, like, okay, he's protesting all the time, right? And at every single one of these protests, he has a book of pornography, which is, of course, a banned item. And he's waving it around to demonstrate, um, you know, the evils that could happen in Night Vale. Uh, he's like... He's like, look at this, like, banned object. How beautiful that we have someone to ban things for us so that we don't accidentally risk looking inside of this book of pornography that I'm holding right now. And, uh, like, obviously it's like, okay, <laughs> um, why do you... <laughs> what why do you have that? Consorting with the de- devil, you know? <laughs> um, uh, and, that, and that's exactly... And what is a middle-of-the-ground person doing except for consorting with the devil so yes and, it devon you beautiful bitch <laughs> i don't think that i don't think that cecil ever directly questions why he has the book i think the bit is always that cecil is describing the book that he's waving around and cecil says well listeners i'm i'm not really sure what the book of pornography has to do with this protest but i am sure um that our fine upstanding josh has some very good reason to be having it and we will all just have to wait and see what it is. Um, like that sort of a thing. And like every time he does it, he goes, I'm not sure why this is here, listeners. But um, I know that Josh is a sensible young man and he would not have any reason to wave around a banned book without good reason to. Uh, yeah. And, oh, and... yeah. Cecil logic to a T. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like every... <laughs> the amount of banned objects that Cecil's technically had as well... <laughs> is in and of itself a whole thing she's like yeah look i have this banned object don't mind me and you're like oh my god do we want to create like some signs slash things that he's protesting for or against devon will have a harder time doing this but devon you it just come up with the most asinine fucking thing you can think of you'll probably get close to think warmbo devon <laughs> what would warmbo protest for <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> what protest for? Okay. Mm. Because I'm thinking, like, like I was saying earlier, Wombo like we're thinks we're protesting for more, more fun. to purchase water. Water should not be free under any circumstances because that would impede <laughs> capitalism, and capitalism is what makes this country great. So should you get water while voting? Yes, but you should have to pay for it every single time. <laughs> That's perfect. That's exactly something. It's a desert town. That it's Josh so Carter perfect. Vote for. And uh, like more funding for like the um fucking lakeside pier complex thing. He's like, yeah, more funding because they obviously don't have enough resources to finish the pier for the lake that doesn't exist. More money towards that useless project, please. That's my like 
Josh protests that I picture. We can't just give houses to homeless people, you silly goat. We simply have to move them away because when they're here, they give drugs to Wombo's children. And that makes Wombo sad. I think the water one was better. The water one is yeah, more Night Vale. I wasn't feeling this one either. They do- oh, <laughs> because they don't ever hit anything on the head. Um, they So they did a mayoral election arc at some point. Um, so I don't want to repeat that, but I'm thinking maybe you do like a single one-off episode where there's an election for some like minor uh, position, like treasurer or something. And uh, they do like a little bit of like a voter disenfranchisement metaphor. And our character is out there um, uh, picketing to be like, no, city council wouldn't city council wouldn't be trying to hide the voting stations from us um if they didn't have a good reason for it they would make better decisions than we would anyway oh absolutely boot in mouth except instead of instead of just like you hide it instead of just like a generic they're hiding it somewhere they've like buried it at the bottom of the lake that doesn't exist or something like they give instructions on how to get there and it like requires you to go to a location that there isn't in night vale (laughs) Or just literally requires them to drive outside of the city at all. Because remember, it's like a closed loop system. Like if you drive out of the city, you end up in the city. And therefore, of course, you can never make it to the thing. I don't know how Desert Bluffs ever makes it to the basketball games. Maybe I shouldn't question that too much. Best not to think about it. Best not to think about it. Because if they answer it, it'll be scary. If you see something, say nothing and drink to forget. Drink to forget. Yes, absolutely. I feel I feel pretty good about this character already. I feel I feel like I'm pretty ready for shipping it. Do we feel Devin, do you feel not having an, a knowledge of Night Vale like this character is ready? Ooh, zowie wowie every why, oh, why did I go over the fiend? Jesus Christ. A fucking <laughs> wrestling is on my brain today. Anyways, uh, let's get to my favorite segment of the podcast, the one I actually made a stinger for and that's called I ship it. Dude, what the f- in Yowie art, the semi or top is usually dominating the UK or bottom. It was fun. Their relationship is cute. Damn it! I ship that. The part of the show wherein we discuss a character's sexuality, sexual orientation, identity, if that applies, because sometimes we make kids and or real people, so we don't do that part, and or we discuss who we think the fandom at large would ship this character with, or if there's anyone we feel particularly strongly about shipping this character with. And Reggie, you've listened to the podcast. What do you think of the stinger I made? (laughs) It is good. (laughs) No, it's fucking not! (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. I know, I'm just... (laughs) Okay, so, Tism, there are two ways to make a good joke. Either absolutely agree full stop or say no and then continue to do a thing anyway i don't know it hits it hits the brain good so i'm like oh i have to agree and also it's like i've been listening to season two literally what the fuck are we talking about (laughs) um i hate the stinger mostly because it's it's funny to hate the stinger (laughs) (laughs) that's really the real i my genuine feelings are not as strong as my performative opinions Uh, (laughs) so anyways uh, John, last name. Josh. Uh, how makes uh, Josh? Josh, how makes sucky fucky? Who makes sucky fucky with? And who fans want Josh makes sucky fucky with? Why wasn't this in the 100 episode? God damn it! It's a season two invention. Because we didn't think of it. 
Because, dear God, that would have been another full... Th- oh, actually, that's part of the problem. It would have been a whole other 30 <laughs> minutes. This is already <laughs> out to be the shortest ever Reggie episode, and we're just about to hit an hour, so... <laughs> I'm doing my best. I'm actively trying great. to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Reggie, you're like, allowed to come back for another 100 episodes. Oh, God, please, no. Every season I, is so they're different. They're making a spinoff... <laughs> They're making a goddamn spinoff, and if they make that, I will absolutely review it for y'all, because I will be stealing that. I mean, rightfully downloading and paying for that as soon as it hits the TV market. I don't know what things are called. I don't... <laughs> uh... I think Josh will... I think Josh will say he's sex positive. I swear to God. I swear to God. <laughs> no, no. I'm going a different direction. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I think Josh will say that he's sex positive, and then every time, like, somebody brings up an actual sexual act, he kind of, like, looks askance at it. Like, he's clearly, like, he'll like he'll say, oh, I'm so, like, in the metaphor, I don't know how we convey this in the, in the, in the language of the show, but in the metaphor, Josh is so, like, oh, I'm so pro-trans people, and then as soon as he sees a trans person doing anything at all, um, he's like, but not like that. Oh, so yes. I think that he immediately yes. he will say that he is totally down with the sex. He's a sexual guy. He has a normal and healthy sexuality, but it's clear that he sort of doesn't. He doesn't like have a, have a healthy relationship with with his own wants or needs, and hence the the pornography book, right? Yeah, we got to tie that back in for sure. I don't think there's really anyone in town I'd want to ship him with, only because I wouldn't want to do that to them. Okay, well, <laughs> so they're running if, out of young characters. If you don't, point, I don't know have if anyone know. you want to ship him with. Then it's the question of who would the fandom ship him with. And I think the obvious answer um, is Dana. Oh, <laughs> related, terrible. I've been on I've been on Tumblr. I know how this works. Oh God, Tumblr. Or I've been on Ao3. Uh... That's why Hikaru and Kaoru are who they are. I've been on Ao3 specifically because of this show. This show has forced me to be on Ao3. Oh, I think that's oh true. God. I think that's. I think you just lied to me. No. I don't think I, I had. Lied to our I don't think I had ever once been to Ao3.com until we started doing this show, and then I like went to Ao3 to start looking things up. Have I since made a couple of searches on Ao3 on my own? Yes, but it is true that I did not do it at all until we started doing this segment. I cannot so say the, the same. Fucking Gilligan's uh, Island episode. <laughs> the Gilligan's Island fucking episode. Yes. Opened the floodgates <laughs> for me. <laughs> Uh, the fact that there's only, what do you say? They, you said there was only like 53 Ginger slash Marianne. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Get to work, bitches. I think it's actually like, like, like less than that. Like, I think that's just the, like the Gilligan's Island fiction oh, in general. general. Gil- Wait, I'm searching As, it again. I don't okay, remember. Well then, <laughs> I'm searching it again. You absolutely, you have to, because I, when you said that on that episode, I was like, um, ladies, let's start typing. Like, what are we doing? There are 110 total fix for Gilligan's Island in general. Okay, okay, that's double what I thought, so we're, we're not doing bad. 110 is still bad. Speaking of the Gilligan's Island episode, Amber, don't forget to send me highlights. Yeah, I know. I tried for the last one, but my computer was not... 
Listen, we can do this later. Devin, who do you think the community ships this guy with? Or how would you ship him? Or what do you think? How does he fuck? I ship him with a Nega Universe version of Moral Oral. Actually, his name is Moral Oral. It's Oral Puddington. An Oral Puddington who never gets out of Pleasantville and only, like, absorbs all of the lessons his terrible dad gave him. I think that guy and this guy uh, sit in a room and think really hard about fucking and then get very uncomfortable and then flagellate themselves in some fashion. There is a Negaverse technically in show, so it could just work. Huh. Mm-hmm. There's <laughs> a portal to a desert other world. With moral in the show. Well, everyone, does that does that conclude I ship it, fellas? Um, I just want to note that I have now searched it. Yes, I have now searched and there are only four Ginger Marianne fics <laughs> on Archive of Our Own. <laughs> What the fuck, everyone? Four. Four. Let's go back to the Gilligan's Island well for the this is everyone right Night Vale episode. What are we doing, kids? Oh my god. <laughs> How could there possibly be any other that that or is that just who I ship and then I assume, I'm applying that to everyone else and that's unfair. I mean, people but are also, for Gilligan. Everyone else is wrong. Why? What? Because he's a bumbling uh, fail male, obviously. Yeah, I can hey, see. I can... As Henry Kissinger once said, power is the ultimate aphrodisiac. <laughs> uh, I think this is the episode that breaks me a little bit inside. <laughs> I think that uh, happens every time you're on, Reggie. A little bit. Except I think I break you guys, so this is. I think this is the first time that I've been broken. So I think I'm just getting my just desserts. So <laughs> chickens roost. Alas. But you said one fun fact apiece, Amber? I'm definitely on topic. I would say that my fun fact for Josh is that he's always wearing, like, very heavily, like, not even, like, gets it printed from, like, Tee Public or something, but, like, always wearing, like, obviously his, like, weird milk toast protest sayings, but you can tell he's handwritten it on a new shirt each time. So it's just Cecil going, yes, and he's like, oh, and he's standing in the in front of the obelisk wearing a shirt that says X Y Z, and holding up a sign that says what? Yeah, like like just Cecil being confused, but you know, because I just imagine him not. I have my fun fact because originally I was like, it'll be funny if I fan cast Cody Johnston, but then we decided that it's a young guy, so I wanted a young voice, and I was like, who do I know? And I can't remember his name. I want to say Josh Gad. But the voice of Spider-Man from Spectacular Spider-Man. Because he can still do young voice. That's who voices this guy. <laughs> I mean, fuck yeah, give him the budget. You know what, that's what I ship. I ship the creators of Night Vale with a sustainable budget. So they don't have to beg every episode. <laughs> <laughs> I ship Night Vale with a, with a steady steam of patrons. Their Patreon has gone down of late, as they say on every episode. Hey Amber, you owe us a fact. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm 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 last to go, as is tradition. I think that my fun fact. Okay, do we know about the university of what it is like? Like the campus structure. Is there on-campus housing? Do we know? Have they talked about it canonically? I don't think so because it's supposed to be like a satellite campus. So from what I understand, it's all being operated out of trailers. Okay, so great. Technically, yes. So I'm gonna that say that there isn't like permanent student housing on campus but we un we are given to understand that josh just like lives 
on campus somehow, somewhere. Um, and it's never clear how exactly that happens. That's just his home. He lives <laughs> he, there. Yeah, like Sarah Silverman being a smooth river rock who was running a university. It's exactly. fine. It's fine. Don't explain it. It ruins it. God damn it. Um, which I think is the whole point of that whole arc is, hey, stop it. Bray bottle. Don't explain it. Just let it be fun. Cat or lizard. Classic. Thank you all for joining us for but another week's answer. episode of Original Podcast Do Not Steal. My name has been Amber Autumn. She, her. I've been the guest Reggie he him yes you have been happy to be back I've been Prince Devin he him Reggie do you want to thank you for joining us once again uh, uh love having you on do you want to plug your pluggables do you have any pluggables this time uh my only pluggable is that I'm at reg underscore droid on mostly everything that I am on so if you want me come find me please don't murder me I made it sound really scary at the end fuck <laughs> Um, thank you for listening. Um, please go ahead and uh, give us a like, give us a five-star review, drop us a comment, and head over to our Patreon, where we will be selling cans of soda full of viscous hair and uh, flesh mixtures. Join us next week when Amber tries in vain to get us to talk about Gem and the Holograms. But actually, we're going to have another guest back on. Someone you remember. Someone kooky. Someone quirky. Oh god damn it. Someone crazy. Is it fucking someone Italian? I fucking and hate we're this. gonna be talking about the most Italian show to ever grace the airwaves, baby. We're doing our Sopranos episode. Oh fucking hell. Well, with that, thank you all and um uh good night listeners. Good night. <laughs>